Welcome to Views and Voice Above the Noise, the podcast hosted by MASA, Minnesota Association of School Administrators. I am Jane Sigford. Today we are lucky to talk with Jen Higna, Director of Information and Learning Technology for the Byron Public Schools. Byron schools serve over 2,000 students. The district is rated a number one school in the Rochester area by niche. Byron is located in the beautiful rolling hills of southern Minnesota, only eight miles from Rochester. Jen has been the tech director for over 20 years. You will repeatedly hear how she feels lucky to work in this district that promotes creativity, community involvement, and quality education. With every interview I do, as I listen to the tape, I pick out the themes of the person's conversation. With Jen, it was about the power of story. What I realized is that there were three levels of the story with Jen. One, at the macro level, is the story of Byron, its character, devotion to its vision for kids, its support of education and teachers. The second level was the story of the good things that are happening for kids in Byron schools. I couldn't go into all of them or we'd be here a long time, and that would be kind of fun. Third is the story of one, the power of one person, Jen Higna, and what she's done to influence and support teachers and students in the district. Our particular topic today will be about the implementation of design thinking, and you will see how it fits with their profile of a graduate. Her story is an example of the power of connection and collaboration. Recently, the school developed a profile of a graduate. There are six elements that are stressed because it's believed that if students can utilize these six, they will be prepared for anything they do or are during and after high school. The six elements are character, citizenship, collaboration, communication, creativity, and critical thinking. So let's hear about Jen and her journey with design thinking. I went back and got my master's degree, and when I received the e-learning certificate, I say that's when my education light bulb went off. It really kind of helped me understand pedagogy and you know sometimes when we have technology you know how is it best to help students learn versus just here's technology to go and try to you know do something with it. In the podcast that I did with Dr. Neil Nickerson he advised us to make use of our connections believing strongly in the necessity of connections and collaboration. Jen's journey to design thinking is a prime example of how an idea gained from a conference and the connections from that conference resulted in a major change in practice and thinking for some adults and students in Byron. Of course, she didn't do it alone. She had support from the administration, staff, and students. This summer, I went to the Innovation Summit up in the metro area. I sat in a session hosted by some folks from Minnetonka, and they were talking about students going out and utilizing something called design thinking to help solve problems. I heard this idea and thought, I got to bring it back to Byron. And so we developed the Byron Innovation Team. Right now we had an application process. We had 27 high school students participate. It's a year-long kind of team that, you know, we're looking at design thinking and giving and equipping our students with the skills so that they can potentially solve problems that they see in their communities. And that can be our school community, it could be Byron community, it could be in athletics, whatever whatever problems that they see. And it's more like they have to take some time to observe and then they 
brainstorm and create solutions or prototypes that they take back, get feedback on from various stakeholders in their, you know, in their um, communities. So we kicked it off last week when we sent the all calls. So we sent out our invite to students. We sent out our invite via social media. And we also sent our invite out to all parents in 9 through 12, just to let them know that this was brewing. One of the parents had emailed back and said, hey, I happen to work at the Mayo Clinic Center for Innovation. And, you know, this is exactly what we're doing. We're applying design thinking principles to improve a wealth of different things. They, from time to time, they'll have physicians come in and they create solutions to different problems that the physicians might see. One of the things that they had talked about was they had used the design thinking process to develop apps for people to go in and be able to get their medical information, make their appointments, that kind of thing. And she said, you know, this is great. And I said, well, you know, this would be a great opportunity. I had actually been to the Innovation Center at Mayo Clinic, and it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. I thought, what a great way. Could we connect our students with the professionals at Mayo Clinic? And they agreed. So last week, we bussed our students over to Mayo. We spent about two and a half hours with them, and they facilitated a design thinking experience for our students to learn about design thinking. And so it was super fun. So they had an activity where they wanted students to empathize. That's the first phase of design thinking is empathy. But they wanted them to empathize with older person that had arthritis and had some peripheral vision kind of problems. We had, so then they had to figure out how they could take pills from a prescription and put them in the daily compartment, you know, the Sunday through Monday compartment, all the individual pills. Now the empathy part came in where all of the students that were practicing, they had to put on work gloves and then they had 3D glasses that were painted dark with the exception of a small pinhole. So it's really like you can only see a very small portion. Students had like two or five minutes, I can't remember, to take pills out of the pill prescription and put them in the boxes. They had to empathize with, if I have arthritis, if I have some problems seeing, what could kind of experience that. From that, then they had to design prototypes that would help people with those kinds of disabilities or problems. And we had a couple revisions. So we had things, they created certain pill dispensers. We had one group think of an app that would help facilitate something. And it was just kind of cool to see these prototypes come to life. And then they had basically have a little story to how this will help people with arthritis or this will help people that can't see. Oh, and we wanted a travel size. So here's our travel size to give the students an experience to think about how they could design solutions to to people that have problems. They shared their story from that. They got a little feedback and then they did revisions. Instead of just going with one prototype, what are ways that we can revise it so that we can ensure on a somewhat fast cycle that we get the best prototype in front of our people? Test and and then revise and then finally at some point maybe um, publish. 
or in act or apply. The kids were super engaged. It was super fun to see them utilize a lot of collaboration, critical thinking, creativity, communication as in teams. And I really feel these kinds of experiences will not only help them could help them in potential careers because a lot of entrepreneurs use design thinking in order to create new, invent new products, but then also, you know, ways to possibly solve their own problems. It was was super fun. We needed to teach them about human-centered design. So the next phase is they are now, for the next few weeks, going to be observing and empathizing. So they're just observing problems that they might just ignore wherever they feel. It could be in the cafeteria. Maybe the the line's too long. Well, what are some ways that you can shorten the lines in the cafeteria? Or maybe they've noticed a lot of garbage, a lot of, they want to help with recycling. And so what are ways that they just have to observe situations? There's also an opportunity to interview people as well, but it's up to them to kind of now have come back with some things that they've observed and potential problems that we can decide as the Byron Innovation Team to solve. What they have been taught is the empathy, the prototyping, testing or testing and feedback, redesigning, and then, but they haven't officially tested anything yet. So that's going to be coming. So we kind of had like a crash course when they learned all of the different elements Let's see, empathy, oh, we have to define the problem, you create ideas around the problem, and then you create the prototype, and then you finally test. And test can also mean, I'm going to take my prototype out to a focus group, and I'm just going to get feedback on it so that I can go back, redesign, and potentially make a better solution that will maybe launch. Now, it would be really fun if all of our kids, their ideas, you know, came to fruition, right? So that everything, they created solutions. But my my thinking and my goals is really to equip them with design thinking methodology so that they can help solve problems and, and potentially use these skills in, in their future. Jen told me about a crash course in design thinking, which is its title, that is free and online from Stanford University. It's a 90-minute course anyone can take or show to a staff or a problem-solving group to get a collaborative approach to solving a problem. And we know that many minds thinking about a problem can get a more useful or maybe even a more creative solution. Jen listed the elements of design thinking, but on the video, you will see them in the order they are used. They are empathy, which means knowing the client, defining the problem, ideate, or having an idea, creating a prototype, and then testing. And then there is sharing ideas throughout the process, and after testing, it may mean going back to redesign. Jen and her group have a vision for where they hope this process will go. There's possibilities of maybe a course down the road. One of the things that we wanted to make sure is because our kids are so booked, after school, I have a job, I'm in sports, I, I'm in drama club, you know, whatever it is, we needed to make sure it was embedded in school. I worked with the principal, you know, I just said, here's the amount of time, because I wanted to give a variety of students this experience when knowing that their their after school life is just so busy. We've got it figured out, took three hours of time the first time, but you know, now we're going to, for the, for the next few months, it'll be an hour 
we'll use lunchtime and they have something called advisory time. So it really shouldn't disrupt class so much. And then they'll probably spend about an hour or two, maybe themselves collaborating as a team. This is our first time. So we don't know what we don't know yet, but it was fun to see the students really excited. Our vision is Byron Public Schools, a community of learners committed to making the world a better place. And when I seen this back in the summer, along with our profile of a graduate, I just thought it was such a great thing to try. So this is our pilot. This is our prototype. If it works really well, you know, I think a course could potentially be offered. I also think that this kind of thing could potentially, this methodology could potentially be adopted in other courses. So if I'm in a, let's say, government course, what are some challenges within our government that we could use human-centered design to help solve? And so thinking about not just it being separate, but is there a way to actually integrate human-centered design into our different disciplines? Who are the students in your innovation group? Actually, I would say the majority are girls which is super fun, um, you know, because it's in that design piece is 9th through 12th grade. So we wanted a, a variety of, of students in different grade levels. The most probably are upperclassmen, but we do have some 9th and 10th graders too. My idea right now is what if these, this group of 27 become ambassadors? for design thinking. What if there was ways that we can have them take on more leadership roles as if we do another round of this? I would love it if there was opportunities for them to provide professional development to our staff. When I've seen this in, seen that group this past summer, it was kids that were leading the professional development. Too often, I think our kids might not realize that the voice that they have is so incredibly powerful. It was like, uh, you could have an adult up there talking. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you hear a kid, a student talk about something that they're extremely passionate about and educating me on a potential topic. I just said, it has to come to Byron. <laughs> Whatever it takes, it's got to come. So it worked out great with our principal. He was more than accommodating. We're in the beginning stages, so we don't know what we don't know yet. We wanted to have uh, kids from a variety of backgrounds, kids that are really engaged with school and maybe some kids that might not be as engaged in school. So we have a variety of kids. There are a few kids that are in robotics. Last year we had a course called Grand Challenge Design, and that's where kids were designing prototypes for different areas, but they were, it's called Internet of Things, designing prototypes, prototypes that could communicate with central database. They had a little experience with human-centered design, so that was kind of fun for them. There's definitely some kids that are going down the engineering path. What kind of feedback did you get from the kids who had the experience at Rochester? And one of the things that they told me is I was talking with other students that I never associate with or never and it was fun for them to connect with other kids you know outside of maybe their friend circle so that was something that I hadn't expected but it was something several of the students had mentioned because they have an interest in you know design thinking somebody else does and kind of 
connecting and collaborating together. So it'll be fun to see what where we go with this and how the teams form. How does design thinking fit into your role as the tech director? I love technology and I love the challenge of how to find technology that will support learning or make things efficient. So if you think about 23 years ago, we had one internet connected device and now we have lots of systems from punching in a time clock to getting a sub to having opportunities for students to learn online. I think anywhere around technology is, whether it's on the business side or the teaching and learning side, I'm very passionate about. I do not personally teach classes. I do help facilitate a lot of the professional development. We just have launched our profile of a graduate this year, and which is a totally separate, different conversation. But we have six elements from that profile of a graduate that I think those stories are really exciting to see. Character, citizenship, collaboration, communication, creativity, and critical thinking. When you think about design thinking and those, it pretty much hits the gamut of those skills. And we know from our research that those are the skills that will take our students into the future, that will give them a competitive advantage when, whether they're in their careers, in their college experiences. So we believe heavily in, in mastery of our core curriculum, but finding ways to connect these C's is also becoming a, a pretty important factor as well. That's where we need to help personalize those experiences. So no matter if they're going into career right away, if they're going into um, vocational school or two-year, four-year, we believe these C's will help them be successful no matter where they go. How have you used design thinking with your teaching staff? A couple years ago, we had a cohort of teachers from Winona State University had helped design a program called the Innovative leadership certificate. And our last course, the Innovative Leadership course, we actually hosted a design thinking event around professional development. And we had 14 school districts come to Byron and the students in the program facilitated an event to help other districts improve their professional development practices. And I think that the idea of personalized PD has come to fruition. We're actually launching that next week. We have cohorts of teachers that have selected a variety of topics that interest them, and they will be learning with each other over the course of the year. Examples of courses include social-emotional learning, real-world learning design, disciplinary literacy. And so we wanted to give our educators opportunities to take control of their professional development and giving them the time and, and space to do that. Right now, we I can't remember how many courses. It's like 12 courses. And back in August, they everybody pre-selected a topic area that they wanted to focus on. And they will be meeting their cohorts for the first time on Monday. And so that, again, is something we're just starting and probably our first prototype. You know, the idea is that they will meet with this cohort over the course of the year. And at the end, we will have some kind of a presentation, whether it's a mini sessions or a teach meet 
but something for them to share with their colleagues, you know, what they learned and what were they were able to do um, to improve instruction. We know it takes a village to raise a child, but we also know that it takes a pile of people to make programs work within a school. Jen gives kudos to many departments and people, including to the podcast, which I always appreciate. I have to give kudos to our CIA department, our administration, our school board, our community. Byron has always had a reputation for being innovative. We actually attract people into our organization, I think, because of our our vision, our mission, our priorities. And so I really do feel very blessed to be in an organization that allows for creative opportunities to happen. But we also want to make sure we're not just chasing every shiny new thing. So we're really working hard to remain focused on our, you know, strategic plan. And we're very fortunate, you know, there's so many schools in Minnesota that are really leading the way and learning from their stories and having podcasts like this to share. Byron's a small school district. We have 2,100 students, K-12. There's a lot of stories out there that are just waiting to be heard. And I appreciate you taking the time to share these because it's just one idea that could easily be, you know, implemented into a school that could make a huge change. What do you wish superintendents would know or do? I wish superintendents had an understanding of design thinking and so maybe immersing themselves into an experience. There's actually a free crash course from the D school, which is the design thinking school from Stanford. And it's called Crash Course. So if you Google it, you'll find it. Crash Course in Design Thinking. And it's an hour and a half. And we did that with our admin team, our leadership team, which was kind of the first, like, here's what it is. Here is what it is. Um, You don't have to be an expert to facilitate it. They have everything figured out for you. You just need to get some prototype materials. So pipe cleaners and glue and, you know, some things because you're actually going to be prototyping. They have all the handouts. So it's really kind of a nice way to experience it so that we understand what it is and then what are ways that we can adopt these principles into what we do. If we're trying to fix something, maybe it's maybe it's professional development. Are we empathizing with the people that are, you know, experiencing professional development in order to design better experiences? So there's lots of things, lots of problems and challenges that superintendents face daily basis. And so maybe that idea of empathizing with the people that are we're trying to solve the problem for first might lead to better prototypes and solutions in the long run. I believe that there's you can facilitate this process any any way with whatever means you have. But you could actually use the design thinking process to think about your buildings. You can use the design thinking process to think about your schedules and, and the, you know, you know, to make things more efficient. The idea about prototypes and getting feedback. So it's not like going from idea to application right off the bat. It's here's an idea, here's a little prototype, and it might be rudimentary. It might be, like I said, popsicle sticks and different things where, you know, it's just a concept. Go to your focus group, get feedback, take it back. And so that kind of that design and redesign and reiteration um, to make a better solution. I do know that schools have done it to 
talk about scheduling, talk about media centers, redesigning spaces, personalized learning spaces. I know school districts are implementing design thinking as a school-wide initiative where they're looking for the next ideas in their school districts. I think Minnetonka is doing it. Alexandria, White Bear Lake, I think just launched something. So, and it's looking at all your stakeholders. So not just your admin team, but you know, that has seen a problem and comes up with a solution to potentially fix the problem. But I think that first time you're given an opportunity to act on your idea really sets the stage for the next idea. Jen uses a lot of common sense, which people who know me know that I believe common sense is an oxymoron. It is not common. It's very rare. She works with teachers in bringing forward new technologies, but she also recognizes that just because something is on a device, it isn't better. The human element of teaching is irreplaceable. Well, you know, first of all, we have to honor our teachers because just because it's technology doesn't mean it's better. Okay. And I have been very fortunate to see some learner experiences that have no technology at all. And we have to value those experiences. Um, I see teachers that have an amazing skill of asking questions and, you know, really getting their students to think. And those are things that right now we shouldn't touch that, touch technology. You know, we might be able to offset it. We might be able to do some online discussions. But so I think when when people come to us and say, I'm already doing that or I'm not going to do, you know, I think we need to empathize with them and we need to find out what is what is the problem. You know, is there a problem? Maybe there isn't even a problem. Maybe they're doing the things that we want them to do. But I also think, you know, there's there's two kinds of people. I think some people might not do it because they don't know how. And sometimes technology can be very scary. And so we need to give them the support they need. Because just as our students all don't learn at the same levels, we can't expect our adults to learn at the same levels. And then we have to celebrate those incremental steps that they're making towards whatever our goal is. The people that don't and won't, that those are different kinds of people. And, and, you know, that's where the principals need to speak with them. Fortunately, we don't have that problem. It doesn't seem like in, in our district. Creating story and then sharing our stories is what makes us human and what makes it so powerful to be in education. It was just so fun to see what what kindergarten teachers are doing in in the area of character development for our youngest learners. And so now I'm I'm you know got my footage, I've got video and some pictures and I'm thinking how am I going to share this because it's those kinds of stories that help people understand what it's like to work for Byron Public Schools, to go to Byron Public Schools. The better we can share our stories and not to mention share the stories so others can see because those ideas might help somebody else too might help a classroom down down the hall or a district down the road i think our stories are what makes us who we are jen's journey with her co-workers has created a remarkable journey that leads to the creation of many stories one for each of those involved who knows how these stories will unfold i guess that's part of the excitement because we never know exactly what's around the bend it might be a whole new way of looking at schools and education and as Jen said, but I think that first time you're given an opportunity to act on your idea really sets the stage for the next idea. This is Jane Sigford signing off. 
My email is jlsigford at comcast.net. Thanks so much for listening.